Workday afternoon replay from Money FM 89.3. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Market View Wrap today. I'm Clarissa Montero, Money FM 89.3, joined by JP Young as usual. And today, again, by Jeff Howie, strategic market analyst from the SGX. What an interesting week it has been, the it first week is, of December. You know, we were hoping for some presents under the tree. Not, not really. No, it didn't happen this week. No. I think uh, I think the, the the start of the week really was a deep shade of red. We saw significant uh, a significant pullback, and uh, there may I say uh, some pangs of despair actually because of these developments with regards to to uh, geopolitical relations, U.S. China trade relations. But we're getting a bit of a bounce back so far today, and I think. What I would say is that the rest of the region might be taking a page out of Singapore's uh, playbook today. We always talk about how Singapore seems to be one of the more measured major indices across the region. Whenever mm-hmm. people um, explode or explode with jubilation, you see Singapore going, wait, let's, let's, let's pull on, our jets. <laughs> let's, let's slow it down a bit. Um, today, you're seeing that the rest of the region is sort of uh, moving in lockstep. You're seeing you sing- the Straits Times Index slightly in the green today. They're up by about two points. But guess what? Everybody else not exactly... S- jumping for joy with regards to this renewed optimism over a phase one trade deal. The Nikkei 225 is just up by about 0.3%. Same with the ASX 200, mm-hmm. which has been very fascinating over the course of this week. Whenever we saw those uh, trade tensions start to rise up, we saw them uh, fall. Whenever it came back up, you saw the ASX 200 rebound. Um, Shanghai, Shenzhen, Hang Seng, they're all do- doing well, but all being just a little bit more cautious, I think, with regards to that. I think they're just saying, wait, is this for real now? Do we really? Can we really read into this potential hope that we're going to get a trade deal at the moment. I think everybody is just being a little bit more measured, at least, with how they're moving. But overall, it's still a shade of green, just not the deepest shade of green. I think it? Jeff wants to say something. Yeah. Well, <laughs> go ahead. Yes. Uh, look, uh, uh, December the 15th, we have those new tariffs scheduled to roll in. And I think it's ex- yeah, very important to remember. A really important event because if the US does decide to extend that and not implement it, that is obviously mm. that positive step in getting that phase one trade deal done possibly in early 2020. Mm-hmm. But I, I just wanted to cut in because I, unfortunately I missed last week mm-hmm. and uh, JP, you were talking about the rest of the world taking a page out of Singapore's book. Yeah. And we did observe last week a really interesting day. It was the Tuesday mm-hmm. and we had uh, Fed Chair Jerome Powell speaking very early in that morning at this Rhode Island Providence talk and right. he brought in a, a fresh perspective on these new lower interest rates and the fact that these low interest rates being a a good place to facilitate some inflation growth in the US because the the Fed keeps seeing this inflation sub the 2% level. Hence, there's a new perspective that these lower rates are here to stay. And look, for the whole month of November, we've seen expectations for uh, another interest rate cut gradually creep lower and lower Mm -hmm. and lower. And uh, what we saw that day was the most, what we've seen this year, is the most sensitive sector that's had positive moves in relation to the lower interest rates has been the REIT sector. Mm -hmm. So during that Tuesday, our REIT sector rallied, had one of its strongest days for quite a few weeks, Mm -hmm. and it ended up 1%. Uh, rest of the world, the REITs kind of moved the same way. And then that night, we saw in the US, the Dow was only up three-tenths of a percent, but all the REITs in the US were also up one percent. That was its eighth, the, the US REIT market had its eighth strongest night of the year that night. Hence, uh, we did see an element of global price discovery for the REIT sector 
kick off in Singapore on that day. So mm-hmm. this is a key point because we have been saying they have been performing well. Obviously, uh, the index placements, and there's more to talk about that today, if you like, mm-hmm. and also all the secondary placements. And there's something to talk about today as well because Ascendus rate, the new issuance of mm-hmm. $1.3 billion, starts trading today, right. which basically means these REITs, including the two property trusts, have issued in secondary funds $7.5 billion this year, Mm -hmm. which is a record. And if you combine the $4 billion of primary funds raised with the four IPOs that listed, Mm -hmm. you're looking at the REIT sector here in Singapore raising $11.5 billion this year. And it's quite considerable because you think about, you look at what Aramco was able to pull off last night with the twenty five point six billion US dollars, which is the biggest ever. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, that's no small. That's uh, not at all. Yeah. And even when you look at it as a year on year basis, the the listing, I guess the active the pipeline for the SGX has been very. Very healthy, a market improvement. That's actually an understatement. I believe it's four times what we saw in 2018, Jeff. Yeah. Mistaken, stuff like that. And But most of this, again, driven by all of these REITs that have been flocking here. And it's always, I think we've talked about this before, but uh, I guess this is a hallmark of what Clarissa suspects to be my ADHD. <laughs> um, you have the likes of Prime US REIT, Lendlease REIT, all of these foreign REITs choosing to list here in Singapore rather than their markets, which might be argued to be more liquid and bigger, for instance. Yet, in spite of all of that, they're saying, nope, I think it's a better idea to go halfway around the world and rest our hat out on the SGX. And uh, it, it it's a pleasant surprise and I think a welcome bonus, at least, for people who are looking for the markets here to be revved up. And it's something I'm sure markets here welcome. But it's, uh, I guess, the question at the back of my head is, I wonder why they're, why, why the REITs in particular around the world are favoring markets here than, say, say other the, their home markets, which might be argued to could be bigger or even more Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, th- there's a lot of investor appetite, obviously. That's what that's how I would answer it. Um, would you say more than, say, their home markets? For REITs? Well, okay, okay, okay. Back yeah. to Aramco. Uh, yeah. It was four times covered. Mm-hmm. The, the, right. That fundraising. Our best performing REIT this year has been Keppel DC REIT. Mm-hmm. And it went on a secondary uh, fundraising uh, activity back in September, on the, on, on the 16th of September. So it raised, it raised around $480 million, half of it a preferential offering, mm-hmm. half of it a private placement. The private placement was covered within the first hour and ended up being approximately nine times covered. And this was not a small fundraising. This was basically growing the data center portfolio by 30%, the assets under management by 30%. So there's there's a lot of strong appetite here in Asia, obviously. And also don't forget, we still could grow this sector considerably when you when you think there's there's more than 800 REITs across the world. The biggest one is in the US. It has a market cap of around uh, Singapore dollars, around 130 billion mm-hmm. Singapore dollars. Our combined REIT sector is only around $110 billion. We've got the 35 REITs, the six staple trusts, the two property trusts together. Wait, 110 versus $180 billion in the US, you're saying? The re- total REIT market? Uh, yeah, yeah. well, our, our total REIT market's $110 yeah. billion, but the biggest one, oh, the American Tower Corp, yeah, the communication tower REIT is, is 130 We could still have rooms to grow. And, of course... Our REITs are getting index placements. Manulife US REIT will go into the FTSE Epronar REIT index, the Global Developed Index, right before Christmas. As you're saying, there's a Christmas present. That brings the number of Singapore-listed REITs into that index up to 16, 1.6, which brings a, uh, let's say, a weightage of around 3%. We are 0.4% of the world's big FTSE all-world benchmark when it comes to the big coveted 
REIT index, our REITs represent 3%. That's and, significant. And mind you also, Manulife US REIT, since they listed, I believe, about three and a half years ago, they've tripled their market cap. They came in with uh, half a, I was a half of uh, 50 million US. Uh, ha- oh, anyway, they just tripled it. I'll have to take a look at what, <laughs> no, the, what the market I, I cap is. I know exactly what it go. is. So, so, <laughs> sorry, it was, it was May 2016 they listed with three properties. Mm. And that had a net lettable area of, uh, I think it was 1.8 million square feet. It's mm-hmm. now 4.7 million square feet with nine properties. And their AUM is now exactly 2.1 billion dollars. And, uh, and if I'm not mistaken, their market value, the market cap at least tripled over that time. Also shows that you know if you list here, at least as a REIT, you tend to get more favorable conditions, more people buying, more interest actually. And I don't know if this is really just a function of a unique quality of the Singaporean market itself that sure. you don't really see in other places that were, hey, hey if you, you list a REIT here, odds are you're probably going to get more upside for your market value than, we say, other We just like our previous. property, I, but, but, uh, physical or but, otherwise. Yeah, but also REITs uh, slightly a bit different to, say, a direct property player, direct property developer, like, say, Capital Land or City Development. Because when you look at how they've done versus the REITs, I think the REITs have still pretty much handily beaten them year to date. I, yeah. I could be wrong. But but the REITs itself, is a, it's a very – I'm not. It, this is not a criticism at all on mm-hmm. my part. It's just a I, – I, as, as somebody who comes from a country where – we don't really have a REIT market. Nobody's really created a REIT back home. We've been talking about it for seven years. It's fascinating to watch just how how special the sector has really become. And it's not a very old sector, I think, in, in Singapore, if I'm not mistaken. No, it's it's been in place since 2002. Okay. But the legislation for these REITs to be brought into the U.S. dates back to the Eisenhower administration. So, so it goes back yeah. quite some while. But... Uh, while we are talking about the REITs, there's also another segment which has been very strong this year as well. Um, if we look at our top 50 companies by tradeover, so we take out every single REIT, every single trust, and just look at the concentrate on the top 50 companies, there has been a segment of stocks that have outperformed every single S REIT mm-hmm. this year. Those stocks, there's seven of them that they've all incorporated technological advancements into their business, and Global Invercom, Rex International, Sun Power in that group, as well as those familiar names, JP, that you talk about quite a bit, AM Holdings, Franken Group, IP International, and UMS Holdings. Mm. All of those stocks have outperformed even Keppel DC rate in, mm-hmm. in the first 11 months of this year. That's actually pretty amazing. Any of them data centers? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, data centers are going to need microchips and testing equipment. This That's the true. thing. So uh, there could be some upside. I think one of the things that uh, folks are betting on with regards to the likes of Frank, EM and UMS especially, is that there is a bit of a, of a bottoming out at least with mm-hmm. regards to the slowdown we've seen in the microchip space, the semiconductor space. And what's interesting about AEM and uh, UMS also is they're not exactly manuf- they don't exactly manufacture microchips. They manufacture testing equipment and equipment that's needed to produce some of these microchips. So if there is a if there is a bottoming out. You're going to see some of the likes of uh, SK Hynix, for instance, Intel in the U.S. Some of mm-hmm. these chip makers actually bottom out. And what they're going to need if it starts to bottom out is they're going to need more equipment from the likes of UMS and AEM. So very interesting how we're placed or how we, our position in that particular, I guess, supply chain is. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and and these are these two stocks, at least, getting just a lot of love and a lot of upside, at least, from, from analysts and investors, as we've seen year to date. Yeah, exactly. And just going back to one step to the REITs as well, I mm-hmm. should point out that Maple Tree Logistics Trust mm. will displace Golden Agri Resources in the SDI Another that, that same Christmas week. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, but uh, so that'll bring the number of REITs in the STI to five. Yeah. Uh, it's what a- are the other four? 
Where we, Fresh where, where you've got Capital, Capital Land Commercial, Capital right. Land Mall Trust, you've got uh, Ascendus, and you've got Maple Tree Commercial. Yep. Right. So you've got, uh, you've got, it's uh, the, the. You the, got the big boys. Yeah, and uh, really the, fla- the flavor at the cafeteria, which is the STI this year, has really been, I say the REIT servings have been getting a lot of attention from from from, from Well, investors. that's because the REIT's getting a lot of attention from the people who buy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's, uh, I have been asked, is it a concern that you now have the five REITs? In the, mm-hmm. is it, mm-hmm. Could it have too much impact on the index? And it, it's a good year to um, to show this because, as you know, so much of the world stock market has been uh, focused on this global growth deceleration, as has the Fed Reserve. Mm-hmm. The, the, the basically, mm-hmm. they're worried about the impacts the global growth deceleration has on the U.S. economy. Hence, you've had those three rate cuts. Now, in the financial sectors, the sector across the world that's been uh, – the two sectors that have been most sensitive to the lower interest rates are the banks – and the real estate investment trusts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so across the world, you've got around 2,500 banks listed of all, uh, over all the exchanges. You look at the very middle return for those 2,500 banks, and it's around it's 6% dividend inclusive. And voila, our three banks, they've averaged 6%. You look at the REITs, uh, the 800 or so REITs listed across the world, the average median return has been around 20%. Mm-hmm. Our average median return a little bit higher, around 23 And, and just to point out too, like, I mean, it, yes, the REITs and as a weighting of the STI is growing, but... Uh, um, I believe the banks are still at 45%. Yeah, they're, they're the big 40%. Three. I mean, they're, 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 that's, still 40%. that's the big kahuna really so, on, so, right. so on the SCI still. And that's my point. What I'm saying is, what I'm trying to say <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that banks have moved one way with the interest rates mm-hmm. and the REITs have moved the other way. Right. And hence, having some more REITs to offset the big bank uh, weightage that we have in the STI can be healthy and plays to our strong theme here in Singapore right. that our STI is highly diversified and that high amount of diversification, whether it's the different sectors or where in the region the revenue is generated, does provide us with a pretty strong competitive edge. Absolutely. That sounds yeah. good to me. Now, my question is, by the end of today, will we go crawl ourselves back into 3200 territory? Oh, <laughs> I think that might be a bit too much of an ask. In fact, we've seen intraday gains today whittled down. We're just now up by about half a point. I think um, two things uh, I, I will mention. I think we, we could still see some gains this, mm-hmm. this Friday. I think it's it's been challenged a bit in the last couple of minutes, to be honest. But uh, again, I'm always watching value turnover to see so if there are value turnover. And we're right at about now? 451 million only at this point. Yeah, that's, now, not, that's not great. But, but I think that's, it's, that's but, not bad but either. As, but as Jeff outlined, you know, the, this week is going to be very, very crucial because not only are we awaiting December 15 when sure. when tariffs may or may not come online. We also have the UK general elections that we have to deal with on December 12. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe the Fed is meeting as well next week as well. I mean, not, not, yeah. not too yeah, many expectations. December 11th. December 11th. So not much, uh, n- there's not much expectation as to whether or not they're going to cut uh, cut rates. No, I think the expectation is still not. that they're going to hold on. But again, yeah. whenever Fed Chair Jerome Powell speaks. It would be because at the moment, expectations for a rate cut right. are near zero. So, yeah. And th- they've, but they've gradually crept down. At the end of October 31st, mm-hmm. when they had their last uh, media conference, it was around 16% yeah. probability for a cut. Now it's near zero. And keep in mind, after that meeting, go to Twitter and watch out for what <laughs> President Trump's going to tweet because he's not in a he's not even a very good mood. I mean, the, well, the folks he's at not NATO had kind much of, of a reason. The folks at NATO kind of mean girled him. Are so. we referring to yes. that little video? Yes, we are. And uh, I'd be pretty prickly. Imagine the American. I just president. want to yeah. know what was said by the people we couldn't hear. Ah. <laughs> it was probably in different languages, though. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I think uh, one of the comedians that pointed out, I think this proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that Macron can speak English, that if you could figure out what he said in that little chat, 
Probably. You're talking about Trevor Noah, aren't you? <laughs> Not just Trevor Noah. Oh, I see. <laughs> Strangely enough, everyone picked up on that. The other thing was, to this point, right now, I can't remember what the Dutch Prime Minister's name is. I know he was also in that Mean Girl mm. thing. What is his name? It's That's, driving me insane. I, I, I will have what to... What that has to do with the markets, I don't know, but I, humorous. Uh, Mark Rutte. <laughs> okay, there he, there he was go. there. He was a tall gentleman on the left. He looks like Stephen Colbert to me. Uh, a, a tall Stephen Colbert, who could play the NBA. Probably, <laughs> a young, so. tall yes. Stephen Colbert. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but again, I, I think this is also why perhaps markets are, why it's, it's a cautious move up, why markets mm. are a bit more... I guess trading appetites are a bit more subdued. It's probably going to be that way for the next couple of uh, sessions. I wouldn't be surprised because, again, all of these events I'll take this over what happened in December last year. Um, Yes, but... uh, (laughs) And Jeff smiled. This week, week, I think, is going to be a bit of a moment of truth for us to see whether or not it's going to be a belated Christmas rally or I don't think markets in the worst case will melt down. That's my amateur read on it. But Mm -hmm. I think... uh, if, if things do kind of uh, turn south over this week, we could see just a little bit more of a... I guess the cha-cha will, will take a step back. That's, that's what I read. So. Yeah, you probably have a quite few hours. We have the payroll numbers mm-hmm. out tonight. and yep, what, there's what, that too. Yeah, what, what, what we're expecting around... The market's expecting around 200,000 jobs to be created, a little more than the average run rate for the year. Mm-hmm. You've got to really look at the manufacturing numbers because last month they were down significantly. The uh, US manufacturing jobs actually declined by 33,000 jobs in October. Yeah, it has. So yeah. you can reasonably work out what they would be. Uh, as you say, um, you've got to be ready for a surprise. Just, just in, you know, that's, that's what we'll be watching because if, if the manufacturing jobs decline more, remember that's the pivot point for the export weakness to start working its way through the US economy. Mm-hmm. Hence, um, you know, that's when we'll t- start talking about interest rate implications again. Absolutely. All right. Well, this has been Market View Wrap on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero. JP Ong is with me, as is on usually on Friday, Jeff Howie, Strategic Market Analyst from the SGX. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.